Saint Martin, not to be confused with Saint Martin, is the Dutch half of the small Caribbean island shared by the Netherlands and France. Zaira Marmar was raised there. She was introduced to farming by her immediate family. She fell in love with it. Typically, this story would continue to tell you how Zaira grew peas, pumpkins, and corn. However, Zaira fell in love with herbs. Herbs for seasoning? Well, yes, but more specifically, herbs for teas and herbs for healing. Zaira recognized the benefits of the herbs that grew naturally on her island. Her mother taught her how to make teas for different purposes and how to combine those herbs to create different flavors and to help the body. Like many young people, Zaira left her native St. Martin to attend university. She returned home after college and decided to share her love for herbs through a unique business that she pioneered. Zaira and her team would create and maintain herb gardens for her clients. It was her way of sharing her love for farming and, of course, herbs. With love and marriage, Zaira would move to the United States. Again, she figured out a way to share her knowledge of herbs and teas with friends. She began to brew small amounts of teas for her immediate circle. Her teas were a hit. Then it hit her. Why not create a beverage? Zaida, her husband, and even her daughter got to work. Her idea became the family's dream. After a few years of licenses, regulations, and meetings, Herbivore was born. Zaida was elated and ready for a massive launch in early 2020. Alas, like many others, her plans faced the storm, which is COVID-19. However, this was not the first storm that Zaida faced in her lifetime. She faced it head on. She is focused and persistent, and Herbivore made it to the shelves all across the New York City area. And yes, she delivers them, rain or sunshine. Zaida is an amazing personality with an amazing story and an amazing company. This is the story, thus far, of Zaira Marmar. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. She is a community developer turned entrepreneur, Zahaira Marmar. Welcome to Planet 30. I love your name, by the way. (laughs) Thank you so much, Crispin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you. (laughs) Now, Zahaira, you're from the lovely island of St. Martin. Uh, French or Dutch? I am from the Dutch side of St. Martin, but you know, it, when you people from St. Martin will tell you uh, that we're one island. My mom is from the French side, living on the Dutch side. I was born on the Dutch side, but half of my family is on the French side. So I'm I'm from St. Martin, but you know, I was born and raised on the Dutch side of St. Martin. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you say "welcome" in Dutch? Welcome. 
Or literally just welcome. That's it, welcome. <laughs> I thought I was being fancy. I thought I was being fancy. <laughs> how how was it being raised in St. Martin? What are your memories of childhood on St. Martin? Wow. Um, my memories are many in St. Martin. Um, I can tell you um, growing up in, first of all, we moved from, we used to live in a small apartment in um, in Phillipsburg when I was really young. And we moved from that apartment when I was, uh, before first grade. Mm. Um, I remember, I remember walking to ballet school, um, up where the movies one and two used to be, right up above the movies theater. On the bush road. Um, uh, right on the bush road so everything was very close when you lived in um in phillipsburg but before we moved um before first grade we moved to south reward way up in the hill um, suburbs and <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's the suburbs and <laughs> um in st martin you know the people will say man you move behind god back <laughs> Because <laughs> it was so, it was so far away from from everything, and we have very few neighbors at the time. But it was beautiful, and um, that is the place that I remember as home. Um, living in the hills, um, and uh, you know, the my playground being the, the open pastures and uh, and you know the hills of same of um, of South Reward. Right. Um, I remember not being so happy with my mom for moving us all the way up there in the beginning because to get to anywhere you had to walk down the hill. I remember walking to school, having to walk to school every day and um, having to sometimes walk it back home and it was <laughs> it was uh, it was it was not an easy walk um, up the hill but, in the Caribbean uh, sun. Th- that is correct, and in a perpetual summer situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I remember, I remember that. I also remember, I remember planting as far back as as I can remember with my mom, always in the garden, planting some kind of of herbs for bush tea, and um, yeah fruit trees many fruit trees so I, I grew up around fruit trees in our garden and a lot of herbs um, for bush tea mm-hmm. and I remember um, I remember as a teenager and a young adult when I came back home you know really thanking my mom for moving us out of the city um, to such a secluded place as up in the hills because um, then at the, at, the, at the later stage in life you're truly able to appreciate solitude in nature connection to nature and um, you know the importance of, of, of just being free um, in nature so yeah those are some of my some of my my many memories of um growing up in St. Martin. All right. What was the dream at that time? You know, what what was your, what was the end of your sentence? When I grow up, I want to be a... Huh. 
um, it started out for a long time that I wanted to be a lawyer because I was convinced, um, and my husband still is, by the way, (laughs) that I could debate myself out of any, any situation. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just wanted justice for the people. Um, and, and I thought that I could be the, you know, I would, I would be very good at doing that. So I, my sentence ended that I was going to be a lawyer. That, that changed at the end. Like I, I would say mid to end of, um, high school to, I don't know what I'm going to be. I'm, I'm multi-talented. And I really don't know where I'm where I'm gonna end up. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like dabble and see where it takes me, um, and uh, and then you know follow my path, whatever path that you know wh- wherever that led to. Mm. And that led to Temple University in Philadelphia. How was that experience going from St. Martin to Philly? And also, what was your major? <laughs> Okay, so at Temple, I, I, I did my undergraduate degree at Temple University. That's correct. And I I majored in sociology. Sociology mm. was my major. Um, growing up in St. Martin, then moving for the first time to Philadelphia, it was truly a culture shock for me. You know, when in St. Martin, I, I would always tell people, when you when you get on a public in public transportation, a public bus to go to the city, you know, you you enter the bus and the first thing you said was good morning, good, morning. good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that was just you know such a part of um, of culture for me, and I remember. Um, you know, getting onto one of those large buses, the first time that I've ever, you know, experienced that in Philadelphia and, and you know, chirpily saying good morning. Like, she must be crazy. <laughs> Only to be met with stares of, you know, something is wrong with this, 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 this young lady. Like she's certainly like a foreigner. Um, so I felt, I felt like a foreigner when I, uh, when I first moved because of the culture shock. But um, I felt like a foreigner who was open now to a world of possibilities, and I was definitely going to pursue that on every front um, in, uh, in in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So after Philly, you get your degree in sociology, and you mm-hmm. move back to St. Martin. What happens then? So I moved back to St. Martin. I worked. Um, I worked for the government in the. Department of Community Development um, for about two years, Community and Youth Development, which was really, really along the lines of my passion. Um, I'm a community developer at heart. Um, I'm always, and as long as I've known myself, looked for ways of empowering um, youth, of empowering people and communities to really shape their, their path. You know, to, to become an active participant in shaping their communities and, and the future of their communities. Um, so I worked in that department for about two years um, and before I, I, uh, I set out again to um, pursue my, my master's degree. And that was you know, at? That was at Oxford Brookes University in uh, the city of Oxford in, in England. In England. Yes. Nice yes. little nice little city. 
Very quaint, as they say. Very quaint. <laughs> In, indeed. Now, a uh, secret about you that many don't know is that you are a singer. Yes, I am. <laughs> but uh, like, not like a not like a shower singer. Like a you've won a lot of competitions, kind of singer. Yes, I did. I did. I I won competitions. Um, my father, my father. I, I grew up in a house of of um, of singing and song. Um, my mom is a, like a choir singer. Um, but I have a brother and a sister, both younger than I am, and they both sing um, as well. My father was a professional singer. My father played many instruments. So I just, you know, grew up hearing music and not only hearing music, but creating music. Um, so that's always been a very big part of, um, of, of, of growing up for me. And um, and yeah, so I you know I, I did I have quite a few um, achievements under my belt in the in the department of, of singing. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who knew? Hiding the secrets. Hiding the secrets. <laughs> um, so music is very important to you, obviously. It is. It is very important. Um, well, yes, very important. Let me ask you this: Why did you not uh, decide to pursue it, or or was it a, a matter of you know your community development side? You just had more of a passion for that than the singing. Was that it? No, not at all. Um, actually, I stopped singing the way I used to sing, um, like you know, way after when I moved to London in like two thousand and eight something like around that time so I've always I've always you know singing has, has always been there so I worked and I sang I you know I've staged concerts I um I you know sang for other people's concerts I was a guesting guest singer at comedy shows when they you know they brought the big comedy shows to St. Martin you know I was you know my sister and I we, we sang for those events so it wasn't like an either or um situation for me I think I I lost the singing more when when um when I had my children, <laughs> mm. when I got plunged into into a motherhood with twins. <laughs> oh wow! Um, yes, so I think um, the, you know the busyness of, uh, of of motherhood and just not in being in a different country and not having the same opportunities, you know, as um, as I would in. Um, in St. Martin, everyone knows that you sing and people are, you know, kind of reaching out to you. Um, you know, I happen to be the one to, to say, hey, look, I sing and I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, to try it for this and, and um, you know, back, back up vocals for that. So I, I just, like, I didn't have the time to pursue it in the way that I wanted to. And then, you know, slowly but surely, <laughs> I, uh, I kind of moved away from, from singing being my, my center, my, mm -hmm. you know, my centering thing. That's not to say that I don't sing, you know, I sing very much still, but you know, it's, it's mostly reserved for, for, um, my children and my husband and, and our friends, my family, okay. not on a, competitive basis or commercial basis anymore. Got it. Yeah. Got it. 
you also wrote a very important song for St. Martin. Uh, yes. So I, when I was in high school, um, my mom brought to me uh, a proposal. It was something in the newspaper. She kind of brought that, that sheet of the newspaper and dropped it in front of me. She said, Zahira, I, you can do this. I know that you can do this. You should try it out. And it was, um, it was a proposal at the time for the, um, the Netherlands Antilles, which is the country in which St. Martin was was one of the islands. Um, they did not have a national anthem, and that was the first time that the country was initiating um, and, you know, um, having, uh, getting a national anthem for the country. And uh, my mom thought that it would be great to do that because I was, I was a songwriter also. And um, so I said, sure, let me, you know, try out. I waited till the last minute, <laughs> probably like the last two days to write the song um, and then submitted it with a um, very prominent um, um, pianist on St. Martin. Her name is Anastasia Larmoni. She now lives in, in the Netherlands. Um, so she she made, uh, put together the musical arrangement. We sent it off and I I won um, our rendition one, so I was officially the composer of the national anthem of the Netherlands Antilles. Wow! That and was, a, and yeah. you were a teenager. <laughs> I was a teenager. I was sitting my CXC exams. Oh, so you're um, young, young. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was a teenager at the wow. time. Mm-hmm. And so, just just for those that don't that don't know. The Netherlands Antilles comprised of which islands? Netherlands Antilles at the time comprised of Seba, Stacia, um, Curaçao, Bonaire, St. Martin. Uh, Aruba was not a part or? No, Aruba was not a part at the time. Aruba had already gained its independence at that time. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, moving on from your music, you mentioned that your mom had you gardening a lot. And, oh, yes. And so you, from an early age, understood the importance of not just eating naturally, but a healthy lifestyle. Tell us about that. Right. So, look, I um, I loved gardening. It's something about, something about putting your hands in the soil for me. <laughs> that was is so liberating and something about putting seeds in the ground or taking slips from another plant and putting it in the ground and seeing something come out of nothing or seeing you know seeing something come out of of something very small and then growing you know growing it and to to the point for many years that you can now pick fruit from it um that was just so um empowering to me um, from a child, um, so I love that, and my mom also loved that. So we were we were we were like partners in the garden. Um, we grew all kind of stuff from peppers and tomatoes, and you know, um, and then a lot of fruit trees. Mm. Um, so I was exposed from a very young age. My mom, um, she taught us about about eating you know from the from the earth 
um, from what we planted and and how beneficial that was. Um, at the time, we didn't even we weren't as into it as I am as as I you know over the years have become. Um, because you know there were times when you know we would go out and we would eat you know just eat junk food, and that was that was considered special. And I'm sure a lot of um, um, Caribbean people can also attest to that. You know, you when you grow up with your provision and fish and fungi and you know your cornmeal and stuff like that, and your soups. Um, if, when you're really young, you you don't appreciate it as, as much as um as you would you know the fast food mm-hmm. so um when i was young it, it, you know fast food and stuff like that that was like a treat for me um whereas now you know if it's not healthy you know organic um you know uh fast food to say you know the to call it fast food then it, you know i would never eat it and i definitely wouldn't feed it to my family it's, it wouldn't have a place on our table um now but yeah, I, I grew up. I grew up um, learning from my mom, especially the benefits of herbs for tea, because tea was always a big part of our culture, um, the culture in my home, in my family, and in Saint Martin at the time. I'm sure it's still now, probably now to a lesser extent, but coming back, um, it, it's definitely coming back. But tea was tea was like a, a central part of, of especially breakfast you had to have breakfast with tea so um so i grew up around tea i grew up around you know um lemongrass moringa grew on the side of the tr- uh, of the streets everywhere um, um um all kind of mints passion fruit passion fruit leaves for for sleep um what else? I mean, like I, 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 I was about I, to say, passion food. You want to be, <laughs> want to take a rest. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you said that. That's that's the, if you're from the Caribbean, um, you know, and you really grew up with with tea as a as a part of your culture. Like you, you know, their staples: passion fruit and sawasap leaves. That's for that's for sleep. Knock you out. You know. That's right. You, you know that. Um, so even like when we when we moved back to St. Martin from London and with and we had the twins and then I subsequently had my son um, and we would want them to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. it was either milk or it was tea, even as infants. And you know you're gonna put a little bit of that um, of the of the the sour sap leaf in the tea, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so so that they would um, be able to sleep well. So tea and herbal tea was just an essential um, part of of growing up in St. Martin. Mm-hmm. Now, Zahira, you started a business in St. Martin around your love for herbs. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so I started um, a herbal, it's not actually an herbal business, it's a gardening business um, called um, St. Martin Garden Artists. And what I did was design beautiful organic gardens, built them and maintained them for my clients. It was a very novel idea at the time. 
um, people had like, you know, their little bush tea growing here and there in the backs of their garden, but I wanted to make it something like a, a destination, you know, in, in the backyard, your own garden. Um, so that's what I did. And I had um, quite a few clients and um, I always found a way to, um, to have my clients incorporate herbs um, for cooking, but all, but mostly for tea in their gardens, because I, you know, I was such a big, um, a big believer in in, in herbal tea and and the, the the therapeutic effects of herbs um, on us as human beings. That you know, it's something that I lived, and I, I just wanted to evangelize that. Mm. So um, yeah, that was the Saint Martin Garden Artist was my business in Saint Martin. That business led you to an idea, didn't it, called herbivore? Yes, um, it did. And I got to say that it led me to the idea, but it took many years before the idea was named herbivore. Ah, so tell us about the company. We're excited to hear about herbivore. Right, so herbivore was born in my kitchen in New Jersey, where I now live with my family, Um, I wanted to bring, so I moved from New Jersey, I moved to New Jersey from St. Martin, and I wanted to bring a part of St. Martin that that was very important to me to our life in New Jersey, and and that was tea, that was herbal tea, and um, so you know, herbal tea was was always a part of our lives in St. Martin, and then we moved to New Jersey, and it continued to be that way. Um, then I started to really experiment with, you know, new herbs that I all of a sudden had, had access to being here in New Jersey. I can, you know, order online herbs from all over the world, um, you know, organic herbs that I've never heard of. So I really started to, to do a lot of research um, into herbs, um, new herbs, and I started to, to make wonderful blends blending the new herbs that I was learning about with herbs that I was familiar with from St. Martin, like like Moringa and um, Sorrel. It's in the hibiscus. It's called Sorrel in, in St. Martin, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And, um, and lemongrass and, you know, mints and thymes and oreganos and stuff like that that I grew up with. Um, Lipia Alba, one of my favorites that I cannot find in this country because it's very it's endemic to warmer climates so you know i always um have to you know get my mom to send it dried um to me here in new jersey or well that's really the only way that i've been able to to um to get lipia alba or i you know i grew it here um in my garden and then i bring it in in the winter months so Blending different teas, different um, different herbs to make really delicious teas, that became my my obsession. I, I was obsessed with 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 making these herbal teas, and in a way that was delicious, 
enough for my children to want to take it to school, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and not want, you know, the, the juice boxes that their friends and their peers had. Um, I was very successful in doing that. And I would make teas like for my son, my son at the time, he was um, asthmatic. Um, so, at, you know, he had like respiratory issues. So I would concoct teas specifically for that you know, for, for, for that condition, um, make it delicious and then toss it in his, in his backpack for school. Um, so he was able to get throughout the day his herbal medicine in a way that was very palatable and that he loved and he would ask for more. So that was like a, a huge breakthrough for me. Um, the same with, with one of my daughters who has seasonal allergies up here. Um, so, you know, I would make teas for her that tasted delicious, amazing, but always, you should always be able to have the, the herbal teas as, you know, the medicine in the teas in her body throughout the school day. Um, so that was, that was like, you know, that was a breakthrough for me. Um, and then, you know, friends and the community started to ask, hey, so what you have there? Do you have anything for such and such? And what about such and such ailment? <laughs> and then I would go back and I would bring, you know, bring the teas back to them. And they were very effective medicine that tasted amazing. They tasted incredible. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it started to develop into a way that it, it was just too much to do. <laughs> um, for the community and too much um, to do for my family look that the way that I make the tea that to make it very effective medicine it requires very meticulous work it requires um, first you need to get the best herbs and I only use the best herbs in in, in, um, in my formulas um, organic high grade herbs um, from parts in the world where they grow the best, um, and you, you, I brew them for very long periods of time to really extract the phytonutrients that deliver on the, you know, the functional benefits. So it's not, you know, like you see, putting a tea bag in 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 water, and after you know three minutes, you start to drink. Five minutes, you start to drink, and you know, you pretty much have leaf flavored water <laughs> for, for yes and so it, it was not that and we are not that type of company we really um i really pride in the fact that the, the you know it's a very long and um, meticulous process but it's done the right way no powders no 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 syrups no essences no shortcuts it's really brewed for many hours to really fully extract the medicinal components of the plants um, so that you get the best medicine and then you make it extremely palatable um, to the point that people want to have more which is which is the the aim of 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 herbivore the company to make herbal medicine accessible i want to say herbal medicine herbal tea um, or herbs accessible to the masses in, 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 in a way that is palatable to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're achieving that and that we're achieving that. And, um, so first, you know, you have to go through, uh, the names. <laughs> so I think we, we, we had about two name changes, um, but back and forth with the trademark, um, um, 
body of the trademarking body here in the U.S. and no, that one is already taken. And then somebody already, someone came back and said, no, you can't use that one because it's a, it's a, you know, direct conflict with ours. So it, it, it was about two years before we became upon herbivore and it was perfect and now we own herbivore herbivore is ours it was like meant to be um and it's, and it's, qu- it's quite a unique spelling it is it is and, it, and that's all a part of uh, of making it um making it like a, a, a unique trademark um you know if you if you so herbivore is spelled h-r-b-v-o-r so we dropped some of the vowels so stylistically it's very interesting mm-hmm. which is one for for your brand you want to have something that's interesting and catches the eye it doesn't it doesn't ultimate like not everyone gets the word like the, the the spelling immediately they they don't get it some people do and some people don't um but that's all a part of the of the you know the the experience the with the brand <laughs> right so when you when you when you finally get it ah yes it's herbivore that's so cool it's all about the herbs it's herb forward um so uh yeah yeah it's uh we're very happy um, that we were able to secure our before trademark and we are, you know, blazing forward um, on, um, on, on our, herb, our sparkling herbal teas. Take us a little bit through the process of uh, getting from the idea. So you talked about the idea. I'm asking this on behalf of anyone who may be interested in doing a beverage company. How do you go from the idea and the name to getting what you're creating into a can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, I would say if there's anyone who um, it's a very long and um, it, it could be super complicated process when you're coming in fresh and, you know, a, a, a novice. Um, so I would definitely say you know, hook up with me, get, try to, you know, you know, contact me. I'm happy to like, you know, share my, my industry experience, which is not, you know, it's not a whole lot of experience, but as much as I have um, garnered so far, I am very open to, to sharing um, so that, you know, people can, can avoid some of the pitfalls that I that I made, um, and because I was able also to get some experience um, from from other people who had been there before I'd been there, you know, I, I I was able to 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 hear from them. So I'm super open. That's one thing um, I want to say up front. But a little bit about the process, just so you know. I mean, and I'm sure I can't possibly cover everything. Oh, no, just, just, just the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> so the highlights is first, you got to have a product that you love and that you believe in because you're got to be in it for the long haul because it's, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park. And if you don't love it and if your heart is not in it and if you don't live it, then it's, gonna, it's, it's super easy to drop it when you get frustrated because... Um, you know, it's things are not going exactly as planned. Prepare 
the one thing that is sure is that things will not go as, as planned. <laughs> that's the one thing that's sure. Um, so prepare for a lot of changes and prepare for a lot of deviations from, from plans. You know, have plans as guidelines, but um, be very open to... Um, to tweaking and changing and as they say pivoting in you know and adopting um changing course etc um or just you know you know, thinking about things differently um so i would say some highlights like so first we started out um your packaging is huge. So once you have you have a product that you love, um, for us it was the beverage, and now it was time for us to think about how are we gonna package this product um, into into any you know some kind of package that will make it commercially accessible. You know, you wanted to make it a ready to drink product so people can go and they can pick it up and they can they can consume it right away. That's the reason why we didn't do tea bags, for instance. Tea bags, you know, you still have to go and brew it. If you don't brew it in the right way, then you don't get the full medicinal benefit. So we wanted to do all the work up front so that all the consumer had to do is crack open and drink the goodness of the herbs, enjoy it, and, you know, get the full medicinal benefit. Mm -hmm. So packaging is huge. Packaging is huge. Um, we started out um, in plastic contain and you know plastic bottles and I was super conflicted about that myself because we are big believers in um in in recycling reusing recycling um and um repurposing and just caring about the earth I said from before that I'm super connected like I am I feel my most powerful I feel as a woman, as a human being, I feel my most grounded. I feel my most creative when I'm, when I'm, when I am, you know, at one with nature, in nature, you know, part of nature. So, um, so packaging in plastic was, a, was, you know, a moral conflict for, for myself and for my kids. I mean, they would be the first one to tell you, you know, plastic is not, it's not good, mommy, you know, and my, my son, he's eight years old and he, you know, he, he goes around telling people, you know, by such as a two, two, when is it? 2050, there'll be more plastic than fish in the ocean. If we continue on the path that we're going to, this is my son. So wow. the, it's, it's culture, culture Actually, this is in my home. So plastic was, for many reasons, not ideal. I mean, it was a, it was a conflict for us. So then we 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 uh, we we thought about glass, um, but then there are so many um, <laughs> glass in itself. You know, although it's re it's much more recyclable, which would have kind of taken care of that box. But it's super heavy mm -hmm. um, to ship, and then it's breakable, so you lose on products when you know when something breaks, etc. So that and you have was to that, that, that was in off, off the top, right? Right. So that was not feasible for us either, you know. And and we we started we were we were and we still are really bootstrapping. So we we are self funded. Um, our the company um, Herbivore is self funded so far and um so we needed to do it in a way that made the most sense um so we decided some i i was speaking to one of our um 
of our co-packers. And he said, why don't you consider doing it in a can? And then that was there was that eureka moment, you know, that aha, yes. We can do it in can because aluminum can is it's it's highly recyclable. It's actually recycled more than anything else, even more than glass. Um, and and it's also in terms of of being in terms of portability, very easy. It's light in itself, unlike glass. Um, doesn't break, unlike glass. Um, so that was just taking all the boxes, which was which was incredible. Except that for our product, you know, you 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 want to think about what market are you going for? Is it a premium product? Is it is it you know like not a premium product? Is it going to be like a you know a a, a packet like a, a canned wine or Arizona iced tea? You know, like it's, it's like a, a big difference, you know. Um, and where do you find yourself in that? So, you know, also for those who are considering getting into the beverage industry, you want to consider who's your market? Like, where is your place, um, your ideal place in in, in the market? Um, just to consider your packaging. Um, so for us, being a premium product, it was a little bit of a back and forth. Like, how can you be a premium product in a can? Mm-hmm. Now, mostly when you think about can, you think about these a quick, you know, uh, you know, a quick thing and it's, you know, you don't have premium products in cans, but we were able, like, I mean, now the, the industry is moving much more towards cans for the same reasons that, that we move towards cans. And also we, I was able to get my daughter, <laughs> um, one of the twins, she's now 11, um, to design, she is she's just incredible. She's she's just so computer savvy and so design forward. And the, the design for our product right now is basically um, conceptualized by my eleven year old daughter. I was going to ask you about that because I saw a little interview <laughs> on Facebook with her, and yeah. she 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 she's very she's very bold and and she has her own ideas. She said. I was not satisfied with our logo, so I changed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very strong. And, you know, that's that's one thing because our, our brand, Herbivore, is a family brand. When I say family, it's not, not, not that not only that our family is very involved and engaged in, in all the, you know, the processes of it and most of it, but it's, we cater to families. Like I said, it came out of me wanting to make uh, the, the teas available and accessible at any time of day for my children. So, you know, it's very much catered towards children and towards the parents and towards everyone, grandparents, and, you know, everyone in between. Um, and so far, we were able to, uh, to, uh, to achieve that. I mean, we have the whole range of people. It's very intergenerational right now. People who are enjoying our drink and really, uh, really loving it from children to their grandparents. Um, so it's very important for, for us to involve the children on on. on Every stage, as many stages as possible of the of the of the um, of the of the, the beverage, and particularly branding, because you know, hey, we're gonna we're 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 gonna be selling to children. We we want children to be able to to have this drink and feel cool and empowered and like, wow, I'm pulling this out of my backpack, 
and 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 I'm drinking it in front of my friends, and I feel like you know I have something that's as good as or better than anybody else, and I'm proud to drink it. So in order to in order to achieve that status with the youth, we we kind of needed uh, a, a a young perspective on the branding, um, and that's where she came in, and luckily so because <laughs> uh, it would have been a completely different branding had it not been for her for her input. Yeah, she 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 even said what computer program she used and everything. But yes. <laughs> in a, in another Facebook video, um I saw you guys do something very brave. You took the product on the road and gave it to children. Now children are some of the most honest people on earth. And you can get in a lot of trouble and embarrassment if a kid does not like something. <laughs> Yes, truly. And listen, uh, we've been, uh, you know, and you you always have that moment where you're like holding your breath, holding your breath for the feedback, <laughs> and you're waiting for the feedback because it's like live. Um, but um, luckily, we tested the drink. We tested the um, um, herbivore revive in our kitchen. Our children are some of the most, you know, brutally honest. Um, um, but still diplomatic about about their you know kind of uh, appealing to their taste buds, and then we tried it on their friends, and it's always had mass appeal for children. So um, you know, going onto the street that means and, that means know, it must taste like Kool Aid. <laughs> it does not taste like Kool Aid, and that's the thing. You know, and that's what is. It's just it's really palatable, and it's just the flavors are balanced perfectly it's it's um and then you have the 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 sparkling you have the carbonation which children love that was also input from our children um because we in our home we did not have it sparkling at all we had it flat and when they took it to school it was it was just like a flat tea and although it tasted amazing and they would always have it that way and we still have it that way in the home um you know, they said, you know, this would have more appeal to our to our peers if it was sparkling like a soda. Mm. So that's how that's how we um, we ventured into the sparkling um, the sparkling herbal tea um, kind of um, path, and it's been fantastic. Kids love it. Parents. Kids love it because it, it probably reminds them of soda. That is, you know, it, it wow, this tastes like this is a soda. But the parents love it because they can see the ingredients. There are only four herbs in there. They are it's they're super um super healthy um, ingredients. The four herbs, and then you have honey, um, which you know we don't use. Um, Sugar, we use honey, which in itself is hugely medicinal. Wow. The parents can see what's in the drink and the fact that their children love it, whether they think of it as a tea or a soda, that doesn't matter to them. Their children love it. And you know what? The parents love it just as much. It really appeals to parents. And they love that their children love it and that it's a family brand. And wow, let me just buy a case because everyone loves it. And we're able to to achieve that so far. And uh, 
And uh, yeah, so that, you know, going out on the street and getting the confirmation from, from kids that we don't know, that's, that's confirmation for something that, uh, that we, you know, we experimented with for a good year and a half at home. What are the four herbs uh, that you mentioned? What are the, what are the four herbs in the actual uh, tea? Wonderful. Thank you for asking. So the four herbs are hibiscus, which we know is hi- hibiscus subdarifa. That's the that's the, the 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 official name for it, but we know it as sorrel in the Caribbean. Um there is also moringa, so hibiscus moringa leaves. And you yeah. have lemongrass leaves and you have peppermint. Those are the four herbs in Herbivore Revive. This is like straight up Caribbean 101 herbs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Remember I talked about about marrying herbs from from my, you know, my childhood, my background, um, my culture with, with new herbs. Well, you know, I was definitely able to... Uh, to do some of that here, it's very, very Caribbean. Like you know, I grew up with the with the um, with the, the the moringa. Everyone has moringa grows everywhere. I was speaking to someone today about 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 how moringa is such a hardy um, hardy plant, a tree. You know, it grows on the beaches in Saint Martin. Like wherever you drop it, it grows, and it's so medicinal. Um, lemongrass. I was speaking also about lemongrass and how you know how lemongrass grows in big mounds. I remember as a child going out and helping my mom to 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 separate the mound out because it had grown too big and you have to pull it up and separate it so you can plant you know you know plant different plants because that that one was too big. So um, yeah, I have a very uh, a very close connection with the herbs in um, an herbivore revive. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And just can you tell us a little bit about what benefits each of those herbs uh, can bring to the body? Right. So if anyone has heard about Moringa and Moringa right now is it's it you know it's considered like one of those super it's a hot commodity foods yes yes and um, and whereas, you know, people are, you know, trying to kind of jump on the bandwagon with, with, with the Moringa, you know, for us, for me, it's, it's just, you know, it's a way of life. I, I grew up with Moringa. I, I, I know the taste. I love it. And I know um, the health benefits of it way before it became, you know, a, 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 a superfood um, in, in, uh, in this part of the world. So Moringa is also known as the drumstick tree. Um, and it's a miracle bush, really. The UN uses um, moringa in countries um, in Africa and India where there's a lot of um, undernourishment or malnourishment, um, specifically in, in children. So moringa is so full of all the you know the essential vitamins. And minerals that can be found in regular food, so it's used as a substitute for 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 these foods um, for in places where these foods are not readily available, so that you know the children and the population of those countries can still get the full benefit of having um, you know magnesium, potassium, um, vitamin D, vitamin. A, uh, vitamin B and, and, and iron in high levels, and it comes from the moringa. 
Mm. I know, um, I, not to cut you off, but I know in India, the pods are curried as well in meals. Wow. So I, 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 um, I don't know of that, but you know, you learn, you live and you learn. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll um, say so this. I... We had a Moringa tree in our yard when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had a physics teacher from India, and he he used to come by with his with his wife to pick the pods. Uh-huh. And they and they actually uh, they cooked one uh, Sunday and brought by a dish of the moringa pods for my family and I, and said, "Well, this is what we do when we pick them," and it was good. Wow, it was good. Fantastic. Look, we, we, we learn so much from our neighbors and from people. It's just about being curious enough to ask <laughs> and to seek it out. You know, like I've, I've learned so much from my, from my clients in St. Martin when I, when I ran the, um, the home, gro- the, um, the gardening business in St. Martin, um, many of my clients, I dare say most of my clients were Indian. And that's the first time that I learned about Tulsi. Mm. And Tulsi is another hot one now. So I learned about Tulsi and I started to grow it for them because they wanted it, they needed it in their gardens. And that was my introduction to Tulsi, you know, moving ahead years later, now living here, Tulsi is like a hot, everyone is is hot for Tulsi. So, um, and I've already had that introduction about uh, like almost 10 years ago. So uh, we learn so much from our neighbors. If if only we're you know in the right the right place, the right time, and and have the curiosity um, to ask uh, questions. So that's very nice to hear um, how you know different ways of how the moringa pods are used as well. Mm-hmm. So so that's moringa hibiscus is a is super full of antioxidants and electrolytes and you know when you like especially for when you're working out or just in general when you're you know you lose electrolytes natural electrolytes from the body um, through perspiration um, and it's very important to put it back in your body and hibiscus um, hibiscus is, is is fantastic for that and also um, to fight um, oxidative stress on the cells in your body um, um, hibiscus uh, hibiscus does that and that's the antioxidant effects of, of um, hibiscus then we have lemongrass Lemongrass, um, it's, uh, we use lemongrass. I'm sure you, I, I don't know if I ask anyone from the Caribbean, you say, oh, we use that for, you know, fever. When grass. you have a fever, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that, that was one of the ones that I always had to go out and, um, and pick for myself. And besides it being, you know, for, for, for fever to reduce um, fevers, it's also super, super good for inflammation. And um, and stress relief, you know, um, in the body, um, and it just tastes so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lemongrass is just amazing. It just tastes really, really, really good. And then you have um, peppermint, which is um, is known to have um, to you know to aid in digestion um, and anything to do with with your with uh, you know if you have tummy. Any kind of tummy woes that you know the um, 
peppermint is very good for that. It also um, it also freshens your breath. You know, it's like it, it's just a refreshener. So you know, combining all of them together, I said the compounded effects in the body of those four herbs combined is exceptional. And you know, you pair that with amazing taste. With a dollop of honey, and you know you're 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 good to go. So tell us about your distribution and any plans for expansion. Tell us about that. Wow. Okay. So we are first. We are super super early um, in um, in the the life, I guess, of herbivore as a packaged, uh, you know, a commercial brand. So the 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 brand the the tea has been around for a few years, you know, kind of perfecting it for a couple of years. But we just this year, if you could believe it, during COVID, <laughs> that was um, you know that was a time that we had to launch. So we had to make our product. Our we so we went into production during COVID, and we had our first product for for um, for commercial use. During COVID, it was a very small batch. Um, well, small enough. It's not you know, not a huge run. How, um, how happy were you the first time you held a can in your hand? Oh, my goodness. Wow. It is incredible to finally have, you know, to put all the pieces together that you've been working and toiling towards for 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 two years and you know so much tinkering and back and forth and correcting this word and you know this shade and i mean that we spent so much time with all the different pieces of the puzzle and to finally put you know have them put together um in the one product it feels like you've birthed <laughs> It's not like my fourth child. Remarkable. <laughs> I can't tell my children that they're like, "What?" <laughs> but it, but it really does. It it feels like that. Like you know, you you brought something from concept to um, to reality, and um, so it's a it was a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. At the same time, you know, um, having having uh, you know produced the product during COVID time and having to launch the product. Now we ha- we're sitting on so much product and, um, you know, stores are, were not opened. People are not meeting. You can't, you know, um, you can't sample in the, you know, in the, the, the traditional ways of sampling because, you know, because of, of having to, you know, be very careful um, with, with the COVID. You know, it's really um, kind of taught us I guess propelled us into the thoughts of how how are we gonna how are we gonna um, market this thing? How are we gonna get it out? How are we gonna get it in front of the people that need to see it during this time of COVID? So it's it's been a really uh, a learning experience for us. It still is because it's still COVID and people are cautious, and we are cautious uh, with good reason. Um, at the same time, we need to get our product out. Um, what we have been able to do so far, so we we have the product is now available. Um, it's available in a few um, in a few specialty stores in um, in the Williamsburg area in Brooklyn and also in in Soho and it's coming also in a few stores 
um, in on the Upper East and Upper West sides of New York City. Wonderful. Yeah, so that's going slowly but surely, you know, and we're we're starting to get reorders, which is fantastic. It's phenomenal because, you know, we thought that people would not be so open to trying new things during this time because it's kind of like in and out of the store. You know, you, you want to spend as little time as possible in stores um, around people, you know, in environments where you could possibly, you know, potentially contract um, the COVID. So you want to be in and you want to be out and, you know, stores are moving you in and out. Um, but um, so we thought that, it, you know, people would not be so open to trying new things. But um, surprisingly, people are interested. They're still interested. And thankfully, they're interested in trying new things. And um, and the, the response um, to her before has been really great. It's been really great. So apart from being in the stores, in a few stores and, you know, growing, um, we're also um, direct-to-consumer via our website. I was going to ask that. Um, do you sell on, you, so you do sell online. We do sell online. We do. We, we started out not selling online because, you know, again, bootstrapping, we had to, you know, we went the route of doing it ourselves in the be in you know to begin with you know when the time is right and when you know there 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 are more resources to put towards that um then we would you know get someone to to uh to take the website up a notch but um the response for the website has also been fantastic people are ordering cases of 24 at a time we've had quite a few repeat orders <laughs> we have one one client who's probably ordered about six cases of 24 and you know in a in a two-month period <laughs> so you guys so are doing fulfillment on your own as well like shipping as well we are we are wow. and right now yes and uh, that's that's a whole other box <laughs> to unpack um the the fulfillment aspect of um of shipping um or of D to C of direct to consumer, um, and I'm just I'm still really feeling feeling my way through that, and um, it's a learning experience and it's exciting, um, but it's definitely a learning experience. For the most part, we've been really focusing our marketing um, efforts on the New York and the New Jersey areas, and particularly northern New Jersey. We've been getting a lot of of, of, of our clients coming from that area, from these areas because of our very targeted, um, market, uh, marketing efforts. Um, so we're, it's, it's much easier to, you know, to distribute, um, to when it's like down the street or just across the bridge, you know, I, I can take it myself. Like I take it in cases. I always have cases in the back of my, uh, of my car, um, to take to, uh, you know, to, to our stores who are carrying. And also if, if someone wants to order on the spot, like I always have it on me. So it's been pretty grassroots so far. Um, uh, we, we have had a few orders like one in California or two in California, one in Ohio, you know, we, we've had a few orders and those I've all, I've had to, to ship them out as well. And, um, you know, we're, we're working on and very excited about, about expanding our shipping, um, options shipping is free 
within the United States. Um, so we're encouraging people to go on the website and purchase. And, you know, you'll, you'll get a wonderful shipment of herbivore with a wonderful handwritten note um, from me, from yours truly. Awesome. <laughs> I, know, I mean, personally, um, I didn't know that you guys were online. But um, rest assured that after I hang up, I'm going to order my case. Yay! <laughs> I'll be looking for it, Kristen. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now, Zaira, tell us about some of the difficulties you may have had throughout the entire process. You know, what 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 were one of the, one or two of the main things that were, you know, those days when you were like, "Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work?" <laughs> right. So, look, two things come to mind immediately. Two things came to mind as you said that. One was um, the 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 name of the company and really moving forward with a business without having secured the name for the company. So we were in limbo. Now these things take time. The trademarking a, a you know a, a business name, trademarking a name, it takes at least eight months. Ooh. At least eight months. In the meantime, you've developed your product and you want to move forward. Now, can you use the name on a bottle and on the website? Can you start rolling with the name without having trademarked it? No, not really, because, you know, and, and, you know, we have that experience that, um, names that we put in for and we were rolling on those names and you know i had my heart set on the names uh, on that like one name in particular like it wasn't available so now if i had printed labels and did all you know all of that stuff without having that um secured the trademark that that would have been a problem so i always had kind of my hands tied as to how much and how far i could go up front without having secured the trademark um, for the name of the of the of the company mm. of, of the business, um, so that's something you definitely you know that that was really a, that was a pain, um, and uh, so that's the first thing that came to mind. And the second thing that came to mind is um, when you make when you make a product in your kitchen, you know you make it on in a in small batch. You know it's like it's a craft thing. You make it in a small batch. But to translate that product, with the same, how does with that the product same quality. translate exactly? Not only the same quality, but I've learned through trial and error, through many times going back and forth um, with co-packers and running full production, um, small productions, and, and having it not taste the same, I've learned a lesson that um, producing something on a small scale is very different than producing the same product in the same ratios at a commercial scale, at a larger scale. Somehow, some some things get lost um, along the way, or it doesn't quite translate one to one mm. when you move it from a small scale to a large scale, even the, using the same ratios. Um, so you know that is like a main reason that we've been tweaking back and forth for for about a year, a year and a half, just you know perfecting uh, perfecting the formula. Um, and then hoping, <laughs> g 
yeah, you know, based on all the research that we had done, that you know, when we did it in a in a large commercial scale, that it would you know translate into something that we loved, that was close enough to um, the product that that we had been working on, and we were we were certainly able to to achieve that to a very large extent. We did lose certain things, but um, you know, in the scheme of things, very very minor um, because of the you know the back and forth work um, tinkering for about a year um, before taking it um, on the commercial level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also other other things that you have to you know have to worry about or not worry about, but you have to consider when you're when you're making any product that's food. Or that's that's a consumption base. You know, it's for consumption. FDA. You have to think about safety. Um, uh, you know, the so there and the, the FDA is very particular about there are very specific rules that you have to adhere to when you're producing anything that's for public consumption. And, you know, all of those products, I mean, even down to your label, you have to have certain things mentioned on your label. You have to have your product tested. You have to have, uh, you know, your your um, your um, nutrition panel based on your testings. So all of these are steps uh that you have to that you have to go you know that you have to kind of tick these boxes before you're actually able to produce um the commercial product and there are many more but like i said you know because of you know it's it's so um complex i'm super happy to to speak to anyone who uh who would like to you know get more in-depth information so you did this trial by fire, or was there even a book that said how to start a beverage company? I mean, how did you do it? <laughs> well, you know what? I did a lot of um, a lot of case studies, and I, I really studied, um, you know, beverage companies that I that you know kind of I resonated with on some level or the other, whether it's their, um, you know, their their uh, their really into um, the medicinal or the functional benefits or they're really, um, you know, they, they're they very big on their social, their, their impact, um, their environmental impact, you know, for different reasons. Um, I've done a lot of case studies. It takes a lot of time. I read a lot of journals, a lot spoke to spoke to entrepreneurs who would give me the air <laughs> who have been there before and you know not everybody sometimes you, you know you get a lot of uh you get a lot of crickets <laughs> because right. people are people are often too busy to you know to to listen and more or less, listening is one thing but you know having the time to to give feedback um so that's uh you know I've been doing a lot of that for about what is it 2020 now for about 3 years I've been doing that. So you found a the stuff on the internet of, I'm, I'm assuming? Mhm a lot of internet um a lot of internet um study or, or research um a few books also um, definitely kind of um, speaking to people, cold, finding people on LinkedIn <laughs> or finding connections that have connections to someone who I'd like to speak to about a specific aspect of the business and just trying to speak to people, going to uh, going to networking events, which 
for me, I got to tell you, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing because, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I speak, I, I can speak well when the ice is broken, but to break the ice is not, you know, necessarily my forte. <laughs> um, so I, uh, um, you know, I would get into these networking meetings and, uh, you know, towards the end when I felt, um, when I felt, you know, kind of empowered to speak, then I would, you know, ask questions and kind of wiggle my way in there. You just, you know, we can't be afraid to speak, um, to ask questions because that's the only way we're going to get answers. It's either a yes or it's a no or it's a maybe. If it's a maybe, fantastic. They could translate to a yes. If it's a no, okay, it's a no, you know, you, you know it's a no, you can move on. And if it's a yes, you know, amazing. You you get to learn. You get to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Now, Zaira, you are very passionate about your business, about your family. Um, who or what inspires you? Uh, who or what inspires me? I got to say, my inspiration has always been my family, my children, and my husband. My husband is super, super supportive of, of, of herbivore and, and, and my children, our children are, are number one fans. <laughs> um, so they have been, they have been the reason why, um, why I was able to, to take this thing, why I started in the first place and why I took it from just, you know, um, wonderful herbal teas in the, in the kitchen for, for our family consumption um, and, you know, to bring it to the masses. Um, so they have been my, my, um, my, my, my empowerment, I guess. My mom, you know, she has always been a support to me. I, I, I think I've been like most things that I've done in my life. I always say, you know, I got to make my mom proud. I have to, you know, she give her a, give her an extra reason to smile. And um, so she's always been super supportive. Um, and um, and so I, I also do it for her. Our, my my parents-in-laws, my mother and father-in-law, absolutely super supportive. It's, it's very family you know, I, I do it for the family. I do it for, 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 for our community. And then I think the, you know, everyone else um, receives, you know, the spill, the spillover benefits of it, if you would say that. Um, but yeah, I think that, that that would be my answer to that question. Mm-hmm. What does success look like to Zaida? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Success for herbivore? Well, or success for me? <laughs> success for herbivore and success for you. Give me both. Success for herbivore would look like me walking into any Whole Foods market, any Target, any Walmart, any, um, you know, the specialty markets and seeing herbivore on their shelves and seeing it moving success would be would be um would be getting to a place with herbivore where we are making 
Uh, we are, uh, uh, you know, valued at a like a billion dollar company. That would be success. Success for herbivore would be getting herbs in homes that would never have considered herbs because they taste great. So now there are, that herbs are more the use of herbs in the form of herbivore of sparkling teas. It's become the norm. It's become like a household name. And people use herbs for their for their functional medicinal benefits and they enjoy them. It's more widespread, you know, it's available and accessible to the masses. That is that is what success looks like for herbivore. Um yeah, for me personally, success looks like you know um, my family unit growing stronger together, um, more uh, like you know me leaving a legacy for my children um, in in herbivore and any of the ventures that I venture into um, while I am here, and um, you know to have health. And to teach the children, my children, and for to see my children teach their children, pass on, you know, the legacy of herbs, of using herbs as, as, as medicine, as, you know, therapeutic medicine and, and, um, and, uh, you know, herbs being a part of their children's children's culture and it become being normal to them and fun and, and, and you know, something that people um, in my family can, can gather around. That is what success to me um, looks like. Did, did I mention health? You did, you did. <laughs> That's the bottom line, man. That's right. That's right. That's why we do this. Exactly. For health and longevity and um, and prosperity in, in 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 anything that we are a part of, and to give to our communities, to grow our communities, to expand their thinking, to be a part of the movement of of of, of you know of having of having people give and want to give to the betterment of their societies that is that is what success looks like for me Mm -hmm. best advice that you can give to entrepreneurs especially female entrepreneurs Hmm. female entrepreneurs i i look i um it's there's never there has never been a better time to be a female entrepreneur in this country, in the world, than now. I think women are super empowered now. I think people are really seeing uh, the value that women bring to the, to the growth of our, of our society. And people are really starting to notice that and they're starting to take pause and they're starting to, to, uh, you know, to, to become very receptive, um, to, to women and women ventures led by women and, um, and not only receptive, but supportive. So there's never been a better time in the world to be a woman than now. Um, and, I wanna. I, I I just wanna encourage all you know women who are 
you know, striving to be, to make a change or to do something impactful, impactful, um, and to, you know, they're just even getting, just getting into entrepreneurship to, you know, there's a, find support in women's groups, find support in, um, you know, in friends that are women. There's something about the female energy that is really, really, um, it's very connecting. It's very, it's very empowering and we can get a lot of, of the, you know, the support that we need through our, you know, our female, our women communities. Um, so get involved with with women's groups and um, don't be afraid of your voice. And this is something that I'm still learning. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's very important to find your voice, to own your voice and to use your voice and your experience, your unique experience as a human being and as a woman in this world to, 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 uh, you know, to bring your product or your service to the world. You know, there are many people in this world who are doing things like what we are doing what you are going to do, but no one can do it the way that you can do it. No one can do herbivore the way I can do it. No one, no one can 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 speak to your experience, and that's what makes your story uniquely different, and that's what makes it what sets it apart from every other story. So um, know your voice. Find find your voice first. Know your voice. Become very. Um, very sure and confident in your voice and then use your voice to tell your story use your voice to you know to to reach out um to whoever you need to reach out to um yeah that that would be that would be my advice like my friend mary always says they can do it like you but they can't do it like you (laughs) (laughs) that's right that is right what is your ultimate dreams, Aida? Like when you're 95, sipping your herbivore <laughs> on your on your porch, either in Saint Martin or in the Maldives, wherever you choose to retire with your billion dollar uh, company. What is the ultimate dream? That thing that you'll say, okay, I wanted to a- achieve this, and I have. Um, I would say, um. That's a that's a that's a tough question, and it's certainly something that I I probably should think um, more about. Um, I would say just having a sense of fulfillment in what I was able to accomplish in this world with the time that you know I was given in this in in uh, in this world. Um, there's only so much that we can do, and there's there's so much regret that people people have in their older ages, and you know, we all feel a sense of regret for not you know seizing the day and certain days and certain things of our lives that we wanted to do. And I don't want to feel I don't want to feel that regret. I don't want to feel that sense of um, of uh, like like having missed a great opportunities. 
that I could have done, but I, but, but I, you know, I let it slide by. And mind you, not every opportunity is 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 worth pursuing, but the ones that are the according to your vision and your, you know, it, the things that you that you would want for yourself that are within your reach, within my reach, I want to have, I want to have attempted to, you know, achieve those vision, those those things. So I think just having a sense of, you know, fulfillment in that I've, you know, I, I, I've achieved the things that were put before me that I wanted to achieve and the things that I was not able to, it's because, uh, you know, they weren't for me. And um, I have my family around me. My family are—they're healthy and happy. Um, having my grandchildren around me, you know, and um, and having herbivore and anything that you know, my, my legacy uh, would 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 produce by that time to you know to to be impactful in a meaningful and positive way in the lives of of anyone that that come in contact with it Mm -hmm. now zaira we are at a point in the interview that i like to call the planet is yours i strap on my spacesuit and i jump out into the atmosphere and i leave you on the planet alone to tell the audience (laughs) whatever it is you want to tell them okay Give them a cake recipe. Give them whatever, you know, (laughs) whatever you want to tell them. So I would say to seize every moment and make the best of it. I would say that if you have an idea, you know, so many people go down with ideas that are amazing ideas that could change the world. Um, And why... Why not try? Why not pursue it? If it's within your reach, if it's within your means, you know, take a step. And the step will lead to another step. And that step will lead to another step. And I, you know, I got to say, when I started out, I had no idea what was ahead of me with her before. And maybe if I could, if I saw, <laughs> who knows if I would even have, have, you know, pursued it because it was so, it seems like it was so much. But at the time, all I had was the next step and the next step after that and the next step after that. That's all I could see. So that's it. it, it you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Mm-hmm. So take a step into the into the the general the direction where you would like to go and then a, a step on one open door will lead to another open door and then you will look back in 5 years and say oh my goodness look at what i've achieved in 5 years just by making the first step that's that's I, i'd like to i'd like to leave on that note mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, perhaps the most important question of this Planet 30 interview, Zaira, I love saying your name. It's so, it's so uncommon. And so, so it's like, a, it's like you know, you were probably made to do a herbivore because this is the type of name that you, you, you're going to want to hear on the news. Today, Zaira Marmar. <laughs> so, Zaira Marmar, how do we contact you and how do we order herbivore? Well, herbivore, to order herbivore, you would um, go to our website. Which is? 
our website is www.hrbvor.co, not not com, C-O. Um, so that's www.herbivore.co, and you can order products directly from the website. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I am I am on LinkedIn. I am on I am on um, on social media on Facebook and I'm also on um, Instagram and you can reach me at um, Zahira Zahira at herbivore.co so that's Z-A-H-I-R-A at H-R-B-V-O-R dot C-O and your IG, your IG handle is what? The um, the IG handle is herbivore, so it's at h r b v o r at herbivore. Please come visit us on 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 Instagram on IG. Follow us on Instagram. You can see more of how our our story continues. You can be a part of of the process of building our our. Um, our brand and seeing our brand grow from what you've what you've heard into what it will become when it's that household name you would say I was there I was one of those first um, followers you know and I was able to see the process so come and follow us on Instagram um, at herbivore and you can follow us also on Facebook at herbivore um, we welcome that thank you so much in advance for the follows um, and also for your orders. Thank you so much in advance for your orders. And you'll be thanking us soon because it is really, really good. Ah, couldn't have done a better sales pitch if I tried. <laughs> I bet you people are going to ask you, uh, are going to request uh, or ask, when is the uh, marijuana-infused tea coming out? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that, that one? I, I, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I I don't know. I, you know, I've actually been um, I've been approached. I'm, I'm sure you've been approached someone. about it. <laughs> I've been approached about someone saying, you know, you know, we're into the 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 the, the hemp and the CBD right now. The CBD um, space um, in the beverage is super. It's blowing up. It's massive. Um, um, and uh, I mean, I haven't thought about about that. I know. I know it's an herb, but I haven't ventured into that herb yet. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm not. Right now, I'm I'm, uh, I'm focusing on other herbs. Um, don't know when and if I'll get into that. I think that space is already super crowded. And like I said, you know, I like to uh, I like to be true to 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 what I know mm-hmm. and what I use. Um, so um, yeah, I think I'll be sticking to that. <laughs> <laughs> Zaira Marmar, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on Planet 30. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Take it's care. been a pleasure. Take care. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is on planet 30 at gmail.com that's o n p l a n e t t h i r t y 
at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.